Day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, September 28th, 3.03 p.m. here on the show. Broadcasting high atop the campus from Harvest Ministries. From the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, this is Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. This is our live local talk and variety program where we hope to entertain you a little bit, put a smile on your face, educate you, sometimes fill you in on things you didn't know, and of course, edify you, build you up in your Christian walk and give you a good alternative on a Friday afternoon. Hoffa day to those that are sitting in car line right now, picking up your children. Glad to have you listening as you spend a few minutes in the car today. Kids, if you're already in the car, half a day to you as well. Driving about the island. Some of you might be heading to a soccer game or on your way home from soccer practice. We rebroadcast this show on Saturdays from noon to 2 and Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Some of you might be heading home from church or running an errand. You might be listening to the rebroadcast Saturday, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catching us on the rebound there. You can also listen online. We have a number of people listen at their desks. On the computer. You don't have to have a radio to listen to the radio anymore. KHMG.org. That's KHMG.org. You can click on the listen button there and listen to a beautiful live stream of whatever's being broadcast on a radio station. Happens to be live till five right now. You can also download the podcast of this show and many other wonderful shows that we produce here at KHMG. Just go to KHMG.org and look at our podcast there. We have a lot of good content there for you to be able to access as well. We want to have tools available for you in your Christian growth and your discipleship. And so we have taken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons preached here or part of our broadcasts, and we have cataloged those, and there's a library of those. You can look up by topic, by passage, by speaker, and you can download those and and have that resource at your fingertips, so to speak, to help you as well. So glad to have you with us today. It is Friday, September 28th, 2018, episode 283. Can you believe it? 283 episodes. want to say a little congratulations to a member of our normal cadre here at the Live Till 5 show, Sebastian Basil Dua, and his wife, who happens to be our resident baker, although she's taking a little maternity leave, and uh, research assistant, Jessica Basildua, they just had a bouncing baby boy this week, Lucas Joshua. I don't have all the other details. He was about mm, so long and mm, kind of heavy, but not too heavy. And uh, really little, cute, little, white, handsome little boy. Very handsome. You can look up Sebastian Jessica's Facebook page if you want to see the pictures. 
And uh, mom's doing well from what I've heard. Baby's doing great. And uh, dad's doing all right. But, you know, he didn't have to do much anyway other than drive her to the hospital. And then she did all the hard work, literally. So uh, congratulations, Sebastian and Jessica, on the birth of little Lucas. We expect to have him being a wingman on the show in no time. So we pray for quick recovery for Jessica. She's back on her feet soon and being able to get out and about. Now, before we get into what's happening this month and what observances and holidays, if you're listening to the Friday live broadcast just about two hours ago, it was in the news that a plane crashed in Chuuk in the lagoon there at the Wayno uh, Airport. Now, no one was hurt, and the numbers, I've seen two different reports. Some say 46, some say 47. But the plane, it was an Air New Guinea flight from uh, Air New Guinea, basically from uh, New Guinea, Papua New Guinea, or Port Moresby to Wayno, Chuuk. Somehow missed the runway or the landing strip and ended up in the lagoon. And the entire plane is in the lagoon, almost totally submerged. And you can look online and see all the different pictures. All people were uh, rescued. But basically, they believe that... Let's see here. I'll read you a little bit of the article here. I have one of the latest articles. Uh, you can look this up. This is from the Guam PDN here. Fly from Ponape crashed into a lagoon while attempting to land at the airport in Wano Chuk. So the flight was actually coming from Pompeii. Um, airport officials saw that the Air New Guinea plane had ended up in the lagoon around 9.30 a.m. Chuk time. Passengers and crew were at the hospital undergoing checkups. No deaths or serious injuries were immediately reported. Witness Matthew Colson, missionary living in Chuk. That's, uh, I believe, Jody Colson's son. Also runs radio station, said people were being treated for injuries, some serious. There were reports of people with broken legs, at least one person with a broken arm, Colson said after visiting the local hospital. Unclear what caused the crash. And, uh, of course, they're going to be looking into that. I'm sure NTSB is on their way. Within an hour of the crash, the plane sunk underwater, but not before all aboard were safely on shore. Colson and other witnesses said. Colson spoke to a passenger, Bill Jane, shortly after the crash. Jane's managing editor of the Casalilia Press, Pontepe-based newspaper that covers the Federated States of Micronesia, was on the flight and told Colson he suffered minor injuries. Some passengers suffered more severe injuries, uh, he said on a video recorded by Colson. Jane's said he believed that the plane hit a retaining wall and bounced back, landing in the lagoon. Uh, it's just surreal. I thought we landed hard until I looked over and saw a hole in the side of the plane and water coming in. And I thought, well, um, uh, that's not the way that's supposed to happen, according to Jane's there. We came in low. We came in very low. Unfortunately, the flight attendants panicked, started yelling, and I was trying to be calm and help as best I could. He said that he was told the plane hit the end of the runway. That's the only scenario I can imagine, but we ended up back away from the end of the retaining wall. So I'm sure there's going to be more here. Interesting that Colson is the one who got to do the reporting. He's a Baptist missionary there in Chuuk. And uh, locals rushed out in fishing boats, according to the PDN article here, to shuttle people from the plane to shore. U.S. Navy Seabees in Chuuk uh, for a construction project also helped transport people to shore. Local authorities then closed off the road as passengers got transported to the hospital. Colson, a Chuuk resident since 1997, says he doesn't know of any other instance where a plane went off the Weno runway and sunk. 
Uh, of course, they've interviewed a number of people there. And um, just amazing that no one was killed in such a accident. So, and the pictures are pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, if you can imagine being there when that happened or being on that flight, that would be pretty scary. So, glad that everyone is relatively safe and very curious about what's going to happen as that story develops. And we'll share more about that if we get any new information or updates on that. Now, it is Friday afternoon, 3.11 p.m. here, Friday afternoon, September 28th. That is episode 283. And every month, as we do every week, we like to read some of the observances and holidays that are happening in Guam and around the world, provided to me by Bob, librarian, registrar, and everyday superhero, Bob Shuck. Thank you. This list here, this month, month of September, as we're wrapping it up, it is National Food Safety Education Month, Fruit and Veggies Month, Guide Dogs, Head Lice Prevention, that's good, Hispanic Heritage Home Furnishings, Honey, uh, Hydrocephalus Awareness, Literacy, Mushroom Month, Organic Harvest, Osteopathic Medicine, Ovarian Cancer Awareness, Pain Awareness, there's a lot happening this month, Papaya, Piano, Potato, Preparedness, Prime Beef, Prosper Where You're Planted, Prostate Cancer Awareness, Recovery, Rice, Service Dog, Sewing, Shake, Sickle Cell Awareness, Skin care awareness, wilderness, screening awareness, passion fruit, peach, peas, pediatric cancer awareness, radish month, save the koala month, sea cadet, self-improvement, shameless promotion, sports and home eye safety, step timber, subliminal communication, update your resume, whole grains, Women's Friendship, and World Animal Remembrance Month. To name a few, quite a few things happening here in the month of September. Uh, let's see. As far as weekly observances, we're wrapping up the International Week of the Deaf, Ally Week, Reflexology Week, World Hearing Aid Awareness, Sea Otter Awareness, Remember to Register to Vote, Keep Kids Creative, Dog Week, Interpreters and Translators Week, Deaf Dog Awareness, E-commerce days for women internationally. Sukkot uh, coming up on the end of that. Sand Sculpting Championship begins today for the next... It's the International Sand Sculpting Championship beginning today for the next week. Fall Foliage Week. We don't really have that here. We have green and brown. We don't necessarily have colorful leaves here. It's okay. Today is Ask a Stupid Question Day, which I'm going to get to here in a moment. Fish Tank Floor Show Night, Hug a Vegetarian, uh, not too hard, International Right to Know Day, National Good Neighbor Day, Native American Day, Save the Koala Day, Strawberry Cream Pie Day, Support Purple for Platelets Day, and World Rabies Day. The 29th, tomorrow, Family Health and Fitness Day, USA. Uh, International Coffee Day, that's a great day right there, Lace Day, Inventors Day, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutation Day, Attend Your Grandchild's Birthday, Biscotti Day, or Biscotti, goes with the coffee day, of course, Public Lands Day, Nickelodeon Worldwide Day of Play, Save Your Photos Day, VFW Day, and World Heart Day. And then the 30th, Gold Star Mother's Day, International Day of the Death, International Translation Day, 
National Hot Mold Cider Day. Ooh, that sounds like a good day right there. And uh, yeah, that's it. National Mold Cider Day. That's a great one to end on. Good month. Now, let me break down a few of these special days before we take a break for Harvest Highlights. Today is Ask a Stupid Question Day, being September 28th here. And according to the timeanddate.com website, originally unofficial American holiday, the day coincides with the last day of school in September. The day encourages students to ask more questions in classrooms. How to celebrate? Well, they say that there are no stupid questions, so don't hesitate. Ask stupid questions. And if someone asks you a stupid question, have a stupid answer ready. Did you know that the question mark originated as a contradiction of Latin words that mean question? According to this theory, people in the Middle Ages contracted the Q and the O by putting the O under the Q. Over time, the Q and the O turned into the question mark. It was a contraction, not a contradiction, sorry. Another fun holiday, today is Good Neighbor Day. The holiday was created by Becky Matson of Arizona in the 1970s as a way to encourage neighbors to be good to each other. In 1978, American President Jimmy Carter issued a proclamation that designated September 24, 1978 as Good Neighbor Day. 2004, the United States Senate passed a resolution to celebrate the 26th of September as Good Neighbor Day. Prior to 2003, the holiday was celebrated on the fourth Sunday of September. Now it's unofficially celebrated in the U.S. and around the world as Good Neighbor Day. How to celebrate? Well, be nice to your neighbor at home or elsewhere. Get to know your neighbors. Bake some goodies and share them with your neighbors. Make sure they don't have nut allergies, of course. Invite your neighbors to your home for a meal. There you go. And then, of course, we have on the 30th, Sunday, is Hot Mold Cider Day. And if you want a nice hot mold cider or kind of our version of that, you should stop by the Hub before 4 p.m. today, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Hub, right here on campus, they have one of the best hot cider drinks I've had in a very long time. And uh, if you're watching your waistline, no problem. This will not affect your diet as long as it's the only thing you consume for three days. But it is really worth it. So uh, you'll, you'll be glad. Just... Fast up until you drink that, because if you try and fast afterwards, you're not going to be successful. Uh, Let's see here. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, chances are that by the time the end of September rolls by, the days are getting shorter and colder. Eh, It depends on how far north of the equator you are there. Hot Mold Cider Day is made up of a holiday that celebrates the beverage made out of warm apple cider mixed with brown sugar and spices such as cinnamon, nutmeg, mace, and cloves. How to celebrate? Well, make a batch of hot mold cider and share it with family and friends. You can be a good neighbor day. And if someone asks you what's in hot apple cider, that's their celebrating stupid question day. And uh, let's see here. Did you know that technically cider is alcoholic if it's fermented? Many parts of the world, however, cider usually refers to non-alcoholic fermented apple juice, while hard cider refers to alcoholic version. I do not recommend the hard cider version at all. Stick with the non-alcoholic kind. It's much better for you. All right, and you'll have no regrets from that. It is Friday, September 28th, 318 p.m. here at the studios of KHMG. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 283, live till 5. When we come back, Stranger Than Fiction, What's In My Coffee, This Day in History, The News, and we're going to talk about babies today because there's a lot of babies around here and a lot of babies on the way, so might as well just go ahead and jump right in and talk about babies today. So enjoy this short break. We'll be right back after this.
And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday, September 28th, 3.25 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Again, if you ever miss part of the show, you can catch us on The Rebound. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Or download the podcast a few hours after the show. Chris usually uploads the podcast to our website, khmg.org. If you're in the car but you're heading inside, you're going to be near a computer, just pull up khmg.org, click the Listen button, and you can continue to listen to the show. You don't have to be near a radio to listen to the radio anymore. Ironic. I don't know if that's ironic. I'm not sure what what that is. Paradoxical. Well, um, somebody that I know called a radio futurologist defines radio as a uh, basically an audio human connection. Okay. So he talks about podcasts and streaming and radio, like live radio, in the same way. It's just a human connection via this this particular medium. There you so go. It's, yeah, it's more the medium than it yeah. is necessarily the right. item that it's play yeah. used to play. It's not a. It's not about the delivery mechanism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's. It would be like having a wheelbarrow on skis, but you'd still call it a wheelbarrow, but it didn't have any wheels on it. You right. can listen to the radio. Sure. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be with a radio anymore. Yeah. Mind yeah, it's blown. I yeah, it's true. I have a friend who flies an airplane all year round in Alaska, and part of the year he flies it on wheels. There you go. In the summertime, part of the year he flies it on floats when the river opens up, and part of the year he flies it on skis right. so he can land out on the river when it's frozen over. So still an airplane. Just... Still an airplane. Still landing and taking off. Yep. Yeah. And um, Different you methods. know, hopefully he doesn't land in the Chuk Lagoon. Oh Is it my. too soon to say that? Well, the, I mean, that's, you know, more, of a, they overshot that's more of the a news, news alert <laughs> yeah, than it yeah. is necessarily uh, too soon. Uh, I, I, talked to, I talked about that a few minutes ago. That is, uh, That would be a very scary I've situation. never heard of that airline, and all I saw was about 50 boats, it looked like, yep. around the plane coming back, which... Yeah, they said it the, totally sunk after those pictures were taken. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's those those aircraft are expensive. You're talking yeah. in the millions of dollars. Well, not only the aircraft, but the jobs that are are going to now have to either be lost or yep. transferred to some other aircraft. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right though. Yep. It's I've uh, never I, heard of that airline though. Well, and Did at you? first I was looking at it and I was trying to pronounce it in some clever way and then I realized it's just Air New Guinea. It's just spelled differently. New Guinea. So, yeah, yeah it's it's spelled I, I'm not sure uh how how they came to that N-U-E, spelling but it, I think. Yeah, so it's a but it's a uh it's phonetically it looks like New Guinea. Is that so where I'm the assuming, plane came from? Yeah, it's from Port Moresby, went to Pohnpei. It's some kind of island hopper. I didn't yeah. read the whole It looked like, like a decent sized plane. But it had though. come from Pohnpei, so some of the people were Pohnpeian, I believe, somewhere from other places. Yeah. And then missionary Jody Colson, Baptist missionary down there in Chuuk, his son, I believe it's his son, Michael is the one who did all the interviewing. He was the first one there with the camera and was able to get all the interviews That's and great. the newspapers are using all of his stuff and they have a cr- small yeah. Christian radio station there. Great. So yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty, uh, I mean, glad nobody's hurt. Yeah, know, exactly. Like, they said, he said he visited the hospital and there are some broken arms and broken legs. Though. Okay. All right. So, so did the plane actually land and then rolled off the Island into the what, water or did it overshoot completely? So there's a, a gentleman by the last name of Janes who works for the Casalelia press, which is the Pohnpei newspaper, if I'm not mistaken. And he said, he thought they had landed hard, and then all of a sudden he looked out, and there's a hole inside of the plane, and they're taken on water. And so he's guessing that they hit the end of the runway and clipped the retaining wall, possibly, and it bounced them into oh. the lagoon. So 
Um, not exactly sure, you know, what happened first. I'm sure the FAA and the NTSB will be out there to investigate that, but pretty wow. crazy, honestly. Wow. So, um, and I'm sure it's going to be the big news this next week. Um, Chuk will be mentioned in the international news, I'm sure, uh, after this, because you just don't have that many. Great photos and stuff, too. I mean, a, a real, a real, um, it's an amazing thing when you have a breaking news event now. Uh, anywhere How fast where they you have can cell find phones, out about it. It's just amazing what, what gets uh, shown and communicated. So. All right. I want to read you guys two stories. Take a short break. Come back for this day in history. And hopefully by then, what's in my coffee as well. So, by the way, listening audience, the coffee shop's still open for 30 more minutes. So stop by the hub if you're listening to the Friday afternoon show. It is only 3.30 p.m. on Friday tw- the 28th. So, two stories. You guys just chime in if you like. Listeners, these are both from the news. One's from Fox Business. One's from foxnews.com. Just just read these today. Um, I've heard someone, I think it was Jeff Call, talking about he took his wife to this one place for their anniversary because he thought it'd be so clever, but he also would get off cheap. And it was the Arkansas State Park, um, Crater of Diamond State Park in Arkansas, where um, you're allowed to have, you pay a certain amount to get in, and then you get to spend as much time as you've paid for to look for diamonds in the rough throughout the excavated earth and everything. So this article came out uh, yesterday, actually published yesterday. Woman visiting Crater of Diamond State Park in Arkansas earlier this month made the find of a lifetime, quote-unquote, uncovering a nearly three-carat diamond, which she initially thought was a piece of glass. The woman, who is only identified as 71-year-old tourist from Aurora, Colorado, was visiting the park with her husband, son, and two grandchildren when she noticed the diamond just 10 minutes after the family began searching for precious stones. According to a press release from the park Tuesday, the woman, quote-unquote, found the gem about halfway between the east drain of the North Wash Pavilion in the park's 37.5-acre diamond search area, which is described as, quote, eroded surface of ancient diamond-bearing volcanic crater, end quote. The woman said the diamond was just lying on the surface. Later, when she took uh, the find to the Diamond Discovery Center at the park, officials confirmed she had found a 2.63-carat ice-white diamond, largest found at the park this year so far. Surprisingly, about one out of every five diamonds registered by park visitors is found right on top of the ground, including many of the largest ever found in the Crater of Diamonds. Um, On occasion, the diamond search area is plowed to loosen the soil and help with natural erosion. The process helps unearth the precious stones and makes them easier to find. I didn't know what to think, the Aurora resident uh, said to the find, which is the size of a pinto bean. That's an awfully specific bean reference. <laughs> she thought about that one for a, a while. Pinto bean. I mean, maybe she makes a lot of, a lot of soup. Free holies. From Aurora. Maybe she's a free, she makes free holies. Maybe yeah. she's been to, um, what's that, uh, Casa Bonita. Have you ever been there, Casa mm-hmm. Bonita? No. It's like an Alcapoco a Mexican restaurant where they have cliff divers inside the restaurant. I've never been to a restaurant with any cliff divers in it. Yes, Casa Bonita. How would you know they're a cliff diver? Because they have a man-made cliff inside the restaurant, 30 feet high, and the guy does like triple flip into a small pool of water the whole time you're eating. What? Yes, and they have a mariachi band that that walks around from table to table. Listeners, am I right? Have you been there? Repeatedly jumping off and (laughs) climbing up a cliff. Yes, while you eat dinner. In yes, in the traditional cliff diving um, lack of outfit. 
Yes, it's Casa Bonita. It's it's a beautiful yeah. house. It's it's in a bad part of town, but it's a decent Mexican restaurant, and um, I think it's very close to Aurora, to your story. Colorado. Um, that so sounds we like said a classic. pinto beans, and then we said maybe she. We're trying to like draw a parallel here, and the only thing I could think of Aurora, Colorado, is I thought that Casa Bonita was there. That sounds like a classic. Tourist numbers were drying up a little bit. Let's yes. plop a two point six three carat diamond out there. It's like we'll attached to a business. shopping mall. It's attached to a shopping mall. You walk in. A lot of mariachi music. Wait a they minute. Sit you Are down you on the, the restaurant? I was back in the in the crater. Oh, no. Back at the crater. Yeah. Pinto beans. <laughs> anyway. Which is the size of a pinto bean and is shaped somewhat like a fingernail, according to press release. I was shocked, she added. It's not clear how much the diamond may be worth. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's got to be worth. I, I think they have a sack full of these that they go out and sprinkle they out. Seed, maybe two of they them seed the every month. It. And yep. it keeps people coming back. Because you think about it's the brilliant. entrance to get in there. Yep. Let's just say it's 10 bucks a person. Yep. A hundred of those people easily pays for one yep. of those diamonds. Yep. And, uh, you know, so. I, so you think wow, they just very, like melt. Very cynical. Yeah. You're, uh, yeah. When it comes to those sort of things, I do get a little cynical. It is a tourist. I mean, it is a tourist thing. You, I'm just saying, if I were the businessman there, yeah. no problem. Because how many Second people. Second dirty diamonds. After reading this today. To go. How many people within the tri-state area are going to drive to the to the park and pay their thirty dollars entrance fee? It's why it's you know unrelated but same vein is you know when it, when a guy Fieri or or uh, any of those guys go and visit a restaurant with a positive review, of course you have the opposite, which mm-hmm. like Gordon Ramsay yeah, and right, uh, others right, right. like yep. survival restaurants yep. that are failing. You get you know booked for for months. Oh yeah, you have oh, people yeah. coming and busting your door down. So here you have find a diamond. The next thousand people won't find one, but yep. then you drop another one out there and it boots it up See, again. But I've been around stuff like this before. Like in Alaska, they have all these dime, uh, these gold mining places mm-hmm. yep. that all the right. tourists go to, and they pan for gold, and almost none of them ever find anything. But once in a while, somebody will find a big piece of gold, right. you know, right? And then they put it up on the wall, and it's there for you to find. I mean. In a way, you're you're mining it for them, right? And it's just they're paying, they're getting paid for the experience. Yep. So every once in a while, somebody if I, and and gold. If you if you bet a big, a big piece of gold, that can be a, it can be a pretty good day. Yep. Yeah. Well, you think maybe to be double cynical, she didn't <laughs> list her name. Oh. What if she works for them? She could have. She could have seven year one seventy one year old retirement out there just saying, yep. listen, I'll be here diamond finding. Right. You they know. they met her at the I Casa Bonita. So. They said, "Hey, see oh, that?" Pen- she used to they be a cliff that- diver in her forties. Yeah. Yeah. You see that? Now she had to be moved out to the diamond farm. That pinto bean <laughs> on your plate, shaped like a fingernail. What if we told you you could find a diamond that size and that shape in our state park? Yep, in Arkansas or triple cynical. Never happened. All they did was write the story. Oh, and now that's why they don't the have readers. a value or a name. Yep. Oh, they it's just, just a marketing it ploy. It's a it's a <laughs> wow. crass marketing ploy. That's what wow. it is. Wow. Or it could have really happened. Or the whole thing's real. It's she possible. found it. They dug it up in their uh, weekly rototiller, and uh, you know it was a good. It's day. Possible. It's possible. Okay, so <laughs> Granny might have found a diamond. We'll see. So here's another. This one. This is pretty fun. Keep going with these. Okay, this one. This one. Um, another highly valuable prize. Uh, but a whole different industry. So here you go. Uh, published last, uh, two weeks ago. The secret formula for American household staple WD-40 
has a new home after 65 years, thanks to the help of Brinks Armored Service, the global leader in security-related services. This sounds like it was right, written by Brinks Armored Service as a little oh, advertisement. Boy. Here we the go. Global Here we leader, go again. The global leader Same in related securities. It's 71. There you go. We are 65 years old and going strong, said the company's chief executive, Gary Ridge, to Fox Business' Stuart Varney on Thursday. We just moved out, of the, we just moved out our secret formula yesterday to a new bank vault. WD-40, which stands for Water Displacement 40th Formula. I didn't know that. Water Displacement 40th Formula. That'll win you a trivia contest. Yeah, it would. Was made in 1953 by chemists who were attempting to create a product to protect the Atlas missile from rust and corrosion. Back in 1953, according to um, this article... There was a problem with condensation and corrosion in the umbilical cord of the Atlas Space Rocket, and our company was Rocket Chemical Company, he said. And the chemists got together, and after 39 tries, they got the formula right, end quote. Right? According to Ridge, the guy who's talking so intensely, one of the things that makes the company special is being a publicly traded company on the NASDAQ for more than two decades. This is definitely a promotion piece. This is not even news. This is an advertisement. I don't even is, know where we're going release? here. Is no, it, it's, it's, it's so basically it he attributes the company's like success to it. I think so. Basically, the whole thing, the whole story, the thing that it, it got it got me in the door was that they they had to use armed security to move the secret formula that's been in one bank vault for 65 years, theoretically, for WD 40. Oh, they had to great. use armored service to move. You didn't. You they didn't. Couldn't even, just you didn't email even say it? that. You. 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 Yeah. WD forty yeah. enrolls. Armed uh, did they security. move it down with the Coke recipe in Atlanta? I don't in know. The museum there. It's, it's the WD forty. Okay, the company's based in San Diego, California, and is sold in one hundred and seventy six countries around the world. Some of their other products include three in one oil, much simpler formula, uh-huh. flushes. 2,000 flushes. Sorry, not just flushes. <laughs> 2, <laughs> flushes in flushes. general. Flushes. They, they actually patented the sound. And uh, Lava, the heavy-duty hand cleaner, which oh, I yeah. just saw for the first time again at Payless. Yep. I was thinking, I haven't used Lava soap since I was a kid. When my dad was working on cars, that's what we'd wash That's right. Hands. When we, yeah, were, that, we were mowing lava lawns, we would the use Lava. The was the, uh, was the orange scrub. Uh, I remember yep. being in the maintenance oh, shops. Yeah. That that was probably like yeah. the newer version. Dry, right? Wasn't it dry? It was like powder. Yeah, well, they had that, or they did have it in a pump form, oh. but it was very, very uh, granulated. Yes. Yeah, like yes. half, half yeah, of it. Because it has like pumice in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your hands were clean. Yeah, but and don't flush. wash your face with it. No. No, it, no it would literally scour your that, nose that right off. <laughs> so anyway, so WD-40's uh, secret formula got moved. Big deal. Okay, that wasn't nearly as interesting as I thought it would be. Well, no, it's okay. We, we definitely made up for yeah. it with diamond yeah. finding yeah. or not. Granny. Granny found a diamond. Okay, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little This Day in History, What's in My Coffee, The News, and Stranger Than Fiction. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam, episode 283 on this Friday, September 28th. 3.40 p.m. Stick around more live till 5 after this short break.
we're back with a little more live till 5, 3.44 p.m. on this Friday, September 28th. I wanted to have our station manager and all-around good guy, staff meteorologist, and uh, also our on-call novella artist, Chris Harper. I don't even know what that is. What is a novella, a novella artist? A novella. It's like a short, short novel. Are you an author? A novella author? Maybe you're an author. Yeah. You would know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Only novella author. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, he has the weather for us for this Friday. It is Friday afternoon at 3.45 p.m. So, if you're listening to the rebroadcast Saturday afternoon or Sunday evening, this you'll already find out the fulfillment of this prophecy. But tell us right. a bit about the weather. It's as of 2 p.m. for September 28th. And it says that uh, Tropical Storm Watch is in effect for Guam and Rota, and so it says to take necessary precautions. Now, this is from the Offices of Homeland Security and Civil Defense. Guam Weather Forecast Office has issued a tropical storm watch for Guam and Rota as a tropical depression moves toward the Marianas. Tropical storm watch means that tropical storm conditions, including damaging winds of 39 miles per hour or more, are possible within the next 24 hours. So if you are listening uh, to the rebroadcast, you will probably have some idea as to whether or not this has come true. But as of 1 p.m., the tropical depression was located 7.7 degrees north latitude, 150.2 degrees east longitude, about 115 miles west of Chuuk, 454 miles southeast of Guam, uh, having maximum sustained winds now of 30 miles per hour. And the tropical depression is moving west It's likely to become a tropical storm by tonight, and the current forecast track would bring the system south of Guam by Saturday afternoon, so just after the first rebroadcast, and uh, you'll already know by the second rebroadcast on Sunday night whether or not we've had the worst of it yet. So if you're driving home from church Sunday night and you roll down your window and your face and arm gets wet, this is pretty much true. Right, right. Um, If your face and arm are dry, then you need to... But the ground is wet. Look up the weather. Um, It it was mostly true. Yeah, that's true. true. (laughs) Then it was, yeah. Um, It just came a little quicker. If if there's um, cattle blowing across the street, it wasn't true, but it was worse. It was an understatement. (laughs) Yes. You know, like that old twister, like, you know, it's like... And then a a little uh, school teacher on a bicycle pedaling really fast, but blowing across the... And you hear the music. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah. It's a, it, it makes it gives you tension. I, Actually, boy, I that's hated a that scene when I was a kid. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of tornadic activity. Tornadic. Tornadic activity. That's a term. That's the thing. You could use that for like children if they're really yeah. tornadic activity. Those kids are yeah. tornadic. Yeah, cyclonic development and that tornadic really activity. Tornadic activity and turbidity in the water. Yeah, turbidity. Turbidity would be like you're nervous. I think. That's a combination of stupidity and turbidity. Yeah, that's right. Turbid, turbid, turbid waters. Turbid, yes. So anyway, yeah, well, thanks for the weather there, Chris. I hope that the storm does go far south of us. But if it does end up being worse than what they're predicting, we'll give you an update here on KHMG. Yeah. And this weekend, we'll come in and, and make sure that you're updated yeah, uh, best as we. It can. is moving slower than the last one that yeah. we had come through, and it's starting right on top of Chuuk, which, you know, some of the old timers have been here for a while. When a storm starts on top of Chuuk, it makes people nervous because some of the worst storms started at Chuuk. So, 
it's it's all you know by feeling but if if you know granny's rheumatism starts acting up and her left knee could be bad could which be as bad. i've talked about in my in my ap psych class of that, uh, that's an illusory correlation it is illusory correlate i learned that from ap psych yeah. from the previous teacher of ap psych who taught my son who was in it my son came home and told me what an interesting concept that is and i use that term all the time yeah. because it makes you sell, sound really smart and I'll it's never have a British accent, so I have to rely on big vocabulary words like that. Yeah. If you have a British accent, you Doesn't don't, what you you don't need to be very smart. You just use your accent to get by. Doesn't help to be bonus smart. Points. No, I mean, you could be smart and have a British accent. That's legit. Double good. But, you know, illusory correlations, you know, yeah. being smart and having a British accent. That's an illusory correlation. It's <laughs> Definitely. A, that's an illustration within an illustration wrapped up in a, in a subtle... Subtle uh, gesture. Okay, so hey, it is uh, the 28th of September. Lawrence, do you have anything that happened in history on this day? A few things, as each week. Um, This section, I'll I'll say this, used to be rather large. I used to give a lot of things. Yeah. A lot to digest. Back in the glory days. The glory days, if you will. I I felt for our listening audience, less is more. I felt uh, I the felt days that, of plenty, and now it's the lean, the yeah, lean times. I, we, we have the days of Egypt backwards. Yeah, yep. I, I think, I think though, when it comes to the amount of history I was delivering, chewing on even one statistic was a little much. Yep. Uh, you know, and to give thirty, what was to overfeed? What I would recommend from this point forward. Because I do this for a living. I mean, I've got 283 episodes under my belt. So. <laughs> Two hours a week for a living. <laughs> um, what you should job. do is give a really long introduction, very little content, and a really long outro. Yeah. I'm just saying. It might have worked for me in the past. It may It may be how the show is It run. might be the whole show. <laughs> what you need is a bumper song. You that need, really you need, Yeah, a bunch of them, too. Um, we've had our fair share of historical bumper song. That's right. Uh, Baba Yetu, I think, has been long... Long dormant. I, I need to dust that um, one off. Yeah, that, that could use a, a, a fall dusting. Um, but we'll start in 48 BC. So how was that for a decent length of an intro? That's, that's great. Okay, that, great. You, you basically nailed it right Okay. There. Now awesome. for the paltry content. Paltry. Yeah, that's right. 48 BC, Pompey the Great is assassinated on orders of King Ptolemy of Egypt after landing in Egypt. Uh, and, and Pompey the Great had become basically one of the emperors of Egypt at the beginning he, I should say kings, because they didn't have their first emperor until Octavius became the first emperor. Um, but um, he was killed after becoming that leader. And then uh, it started with a triumvirate. There were two. Uh, do you know what a triumvirate is, uh, Jared? Isn't have you heard that, that term a, before? It's like a, a three-way leader. Yeah, three-way leadership. Yep. Uh, the first was made of Julius Caesar. Uh, was like I guess you could say the people's choice. And do you know the other two? Julius Caesar. I actually um, just read the one. Mm, mm, was it possibly maybe a famous general like Mark Antony? Uh, he's going to come up in a second. Okay. Was it the Senate themselves? No, as a it, group? no. It's or actually three actual it's people. Actually, um, it's actually Pompey. Okay. Is okay. is one. Okay. And Crassus is the third. Crassus. So Pompey killed in Egypt. Crassus dies on the invasion by Julius Caesar, and he declares himself um, Senate for life or consul for life. Okay. And they didn't like that, which is why they killed him in the Ides of March in 44 BC. So four years after this. Got it. Then 
we had a second triumvirate, Octavian, yep. or uh, Octavius was the first real emperor. He was part of that. Mark Antony, who you just said. And the third guy, his title is actually the most forgettable man in history because nobody ever thinks of him when it comes to the third triumvirate. Do you know the third guy's name? It starts with an L. Hmm. Hmm. Have you, do you, Chris, you can chime in if you know it. It just sort of proves There's the point. There's something rattling around about that, yeah. but I don't know what. It seems like I remember a conversation about this sometime in the um, past. Yeah. His name is Lepitus. Oh, yeah, no. I don't I remember don't, that at all. Lepitus no. is the Lepitus. third guy. That the reason like why yeah. is he, he, he died so quickly. In, like it was developed and he dies within a year. And then basically it was a, a, a one on V1 versus Mark Antony and Octavian until he beat him at the Battle of Actigum. Um, later on, and he and Cleopatra actually escaped and committed suicide together. So, yeah, wow, that's the story in, uh, of Roman leadership in a what nutshell. What was his name? Le- Leah Lepidus. Lepidus. Yeah, Lepidus. Yeah, most. I already forgot. Man. Yeah, exactly. His career was uh, shorter than my career managing KHMG. Yeah, that's pretty short. It was roughly the same. Yeah, yeah about ten months. Fifteen forty-two. Explore Juan Rig- Rodriguez Cabrillo. Uh, discovers California at San Diego Bay, naming it San Miguel, and claims it for Spain. I don't know how long that la- name was there, but uh, not long. Uh, I don't know of any San Miguel um, naming in, in California that lasted very long. 1785, Napoleon Bonaparte graduates at 16 from the Military Academy in Paris. Wow. He was 42nd in a class of 51. Mm. No teacher in that military academy would have thought this will be the guy to he came up a little short. make a run. He came up a oh, little short. No. Do you know how tall he was? Not really uh, as short as people think. Yeah. You know how tall that is? He was 5'6". And, and on a multiple choice, in fact, it was a, a little known app um, called, what was the app we played about a year ago we were playing? Oh, it was a trivia yeah. game. Trivia Crack? Trivia. Uh, no, it was... I can't remember. I deleted them both. There were two, and you could actually win money. Oh, yeah, um, I remember. But yep. the yep. options were like 4.11, 5.2, and 5.6, and everybody was putting the shorter two, but really he was 5.6. Yeah. Which, I think they said that that's attributed to the fact that um, one of his most famous uh, statues or portraits or something has him standing next to his war horse, and his horse was a very tall steed, and so it made him look yeah. even shorter. Well, and also it was played up. Um, the, the, you know how there's always military propaganda or whatever, from what I remember, they played it up that he was short, right? So I think that that's why he's remembered that way. Okay. Makes sense. I've never seen him. So you never you've never seen that famous uh, painting. I, never, I, I mean, like I never met him. Like, oh, you never met like him. I didn't no. meet him in real life. No, so. no, no. The famous painting, yes, does make him look very short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one with his hand in his hand in his yeah his famous pose yes. jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, well, that that's the main part of the content. I have one last thing here that happened in 2008. So let's say um, anything more about 10 years that ago Lepitus. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing on nothing this day more? in history. Oh. He might Liptospirosis. <laughs> he might pop up uh, one of these days here. <laughs> but in 2008, so 10 years ago on this day, SpaceX launches the first ever private spacecraft, the Falcon 1, into orbit. And, uh, again, there are still plans he has to do a lot more things with space. Um, Elon Musk and uh, yeah. and Tesla company, but um, to be seen, I guess. All right. So that's this day. Cool. Well, Great job, Lawrence. We really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. You uh, 
You always bring the goods. You bring the heat. So many. Yeah, you're like so the closing closing pitcher. You know, you bring the heat. Yeah, speaking of speaking of baseball, that's coming into a pretty cool time of year for yeah. baseball fans of teams that are still in it. I need to I need to brush up one. on uh, brush up on. Well, it's because you're from Michigan and I'm from Kansas City, so we don't we have like yeah, little periods on, of excitement followed. We're on by the bottom end of of, uh, of that division. Yeah, don't yeah, see a it's lot. Too bad. Indians had one year lull last year, but they're really looking good this year. Yep, it's I I think uh, my team Kansas City. The hard part about me first off, there's so many games, it's hard to get into baseball. True. It's just True. hundreds of games. Plus, every time we'll have a good season, and then. We trade away all the good <laughs> players for the money, and uh, we just can't get two good years in a row, three good years in a row, it's unfortunately. Tough. tough being a fan. So, you wonder how the good teams do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they and, – and is not is the Major League Baseball, don't they have uh, salary caps and stuff like that, or they have no salary cap? Um, no, they do. They, there's a cap. Uh, it's different – each sport is kind of different. Like in basketball, there's a luxury tax, and you can kind of get who you want, but you just pay for it, and these the owners do. Um, baseball, there's a salary cap. Football, I think, is one of the hardest caps, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as far as salary caps yeah. go. Yeah, so the whole team has a, a total amount they can spend. And uh, International soccer, they do a little different because you can lend players for yeah. a fee and stuff like that here in mls they have salary caps and actually there's a new thing in mls where they used to have three designated players they oh, were yeah. called that's right and um you could basically your 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 designated players didn't hit the salary cap or they hit it at an exact number like four hundred thousand dollars but never more than that no matter what you paid them beyond that but they're reducing it now to two designated players mm. next year so They've got a lot of other ways to pay people, and the salary cap's a little bit higher. So we'll see how that goes. That way, there are some teams that have three designated players, so some of them are going to have to either drop the players that they have or or uh, their salary will hit their cap. So And what's, the, what's it called when an uh, international soccer team loans? It's, it's just it's called being on loan. Yeah. And there's a fee that comes with that. Uh, usually you pay part of their wages and maybe not all of them, and sometimes there's a fee, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, interesting. All right. It's that time of year. Sports are going to be in the news all the time. Now, thanks, Chris. Lawrence will be right back after yep. this, but uh, we're going to take a short break for the top of the hour. News. My name's Jared Baldwin. It's episode 283 on this Friday, September 28th. 3.59 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios for the live broadcast of Live Till 5. Tune in Saturday, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. You're listening to us on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News and another hour of Live Till 5 after this. And we're back with the second hour of Live Till 5. It's Friday, September 28th, 4.04 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. This is Live Till 5, our live local talk and variety program every Friday afternoon for the last approximately 283 Fridays, at least. Been broadcasting live, local, lightweight sometimes. Sometimes we talk about heavy topics, but a lot of times it's just more uplifting and 
educational, encouraging, edifying topics. So glad to have you with us today. I'm still still joined in studio by Chris and Lawrence here. Sebastian is out on paternity leave or whatever you call it when the dad takes some time off because there's a new baby in the house. I think they call it paternity leave, right? Sure. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll go That's with that. That's correct. And so, uh, Sebastian and Jessica, congratulations, by the way, on the birth of Lucas Joshua. I think it's Lucas Joshua. I'm going off the top of my head on that one. I'm pretty sure it's Lucas Joshua. Matter of fact, if it's not, you need to change his name to Lucas Joshua because that's what everyone's going to call him the rest of his life. Little LJ. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy, he'll be like, Daddy, why does everyone call I do, me the I wrong do name? hope it's that. Well, he some one it. day in the ni- in 2018, there was a lot of talk about There was this famous radio program, and they mentioned you, and we just figured it was easier to change the birth certificate than tell everyone that Jared was wrong. So there you go. Anyway, I know his name's Lucas, and I'm very happy that now we have a basically a station baby. KH- he's baby KHMG. Kind of like baby New Year, but he's baby KHMG. What's Baby New Year? Baby New Year, you know, in the old Rankin and Bass claymation, um, you know, that you had, you had Frosty the Snowman, you had Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you had Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and then you had I know Santa those. Claus and uh, Father, Father, what was it? Santa Claus and Baby New Year. Santa Claus saves Baby New Year. You had like Rudolph and the Island of Misfit Toys, and then you had another one was... Santa Claus goes and saves Baby New Year because he basically climbs out of the stroller or the crib or perambulator or whatever they call it. Perambulator. Wow. Nice. And then uh, they have to look all over the world to find him so that New Year can happen. So that Father Time, Old Man Time, can retire and Baby New Year can become the new. So they have this claymation character in his diaper crawling all over the planet and... Wow. Santa Claus and Rudolph go trying to find him. Do, listeners, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, somehow it, that episode never made it to you public never TV. Saw it. Yeah. No, it was, it was on CBS. It was a CBS special. No, they no, no, stopped no. showing that because the Silver and Gold edition with the Talking Snowman. Yes. And then, yep. Yeah. That was on TV as yes. I was a kid. Yeah. Burl Ives sang the Baby song New Silver Year, and Gold. Never made Baby it. Baby New Year. Out of I, the 70s. I was what? with you on every single one of those until you got to Baby right. New Year. And okay. And no the idea. fact that Father Ret- Time can retire because Baby New Year's there to take over. Well, it was Time a nice way for children. Even with New Year. He was actually going to die. But they just. Just didn't want to say that on the Rankin and Bass <laughs> it's show. Armageddon, it's uh, it's uh, what's the end of the time? Um, what do they call it? The apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah so that's what they were really watching time. right there. So, uh, well, do you remember the the Rankin and Bass one where um, you have Mister Freeze Meister and Mister Heat Meister, their Mother Nature's son, two sons? I'm Mister Freeze Meister. I'm Mister Snow. Nope. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Hundred Below. They call me Freeze Meister. Nope. Whatever That's I touch. That's good. You remember all of that, though. Instantly freezes in my clutch. I'm too much. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Can you sing the Heat Meister's version? Yeah. I'm Mr. Heat Meister. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Hundred and One. Oh. They wow. call me Heat Meister. Whatever I touch instantly melts in my clutch. I'm too much. Ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum, ba-dum, bum, bum, bum. You never perfect. heard that? Never. Never one time till right now. You guys are missing out on two classic Rankin and Bass. Uh, uh, See, I didn't even know Rankin and Bass. 
Rankin and Bass. Me neither. I they're just, the, they're the claymation makers. Movies, All of those, about. Rankin and Bass. Now, they've been remaking them in more of a modern claymation form, but the classic 1950s, 60s Rankin and Bass specials, <laughs> they'd come out on CBS. They'd have the little CBS uh, thing would come on, and it would be eye. like, it says special, and it would go special, yeah. mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's either Snoopy or, uh, you know, like a Peanuts Christmas or sure. Peanuts Thanksgiving, or it was one of those Rankin and Bass specials. It's a thing. It's like this day in history. It all is all over again. Oh, don't please don't put me at this day in history and <laughs> Freeze Meister and Heat Meister well, at the same level. It's sort of the it's it's not this day, but it's more like just this decade in this, history. It's it's a stroll period. through the cockles of my mind. Oh man! <laughs> I just got a text. I just got a text from a live listener that said, "What is going on?" <laughs> You know what's going on? This segment's brought to us by The Hub. Best little coffee now shop on Guam. Oh, blame now it on The Hub. Offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods. The Hub was not responsible for those songs. <laughs> the Hub neither endorses nor condones the comments of this show. Um, listening audience, you should stop by The Hub, however. Even though it's closed for today, it'll be open Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. They make some great drinks and treats and all the proceeds go to missions now let's play a little what's my coffee where we describe to you what we think we're drinking then we have the big reveal at the end chris you look like you have a tasty dessert treat that's yeah that's looking sweet this is a blended drink it is brown chocolate brown it has some pieces in it um like some chocolatey pieces it could be chocolatey um, powder. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's actually could be crushed pieces. up cookies. Could be crushed up. That's cookies. very fine though. And it's um, it's very tasty. It's sweet. It has um some white cream on the top, and it is uh, it's good. I think it's um, a cookies and cream or something like that. Maybe is that what that's called? Yeah, I don't drink right this kind that. usually, but when I saw it today, it's, I said, it's not on the main it. list, but it's a, it, it's a pretty good drink. We'll find out here in a second during the big reveal section of this. Big reveal. Segment. Do you have the sheet? Big, very them? big. Oh, okay, great. In my in my chubby little paw. fingers. What do you have there, Lawrence? What does it taste like? Um, I haven't had this in a while, but it's a delicious drink. Uh, a little refreshing, simply because it's got some mint in it, and then of course one of my favorite citrus fruits, calamansi, uh, makes up the other half. So I believe they call them mint mansi um, down there in the hub, but. It's really, really good. Yep. Uh, a little minty, little, little citrusy, good mix. I think now it could be just because it was my wife's birthday this week, and I just think of her with rose-colored glasses. However, I think she invented the mint monster or have. brought it over from another coffee shop. I think. Okay. I think if I can remember right have. here. So um, now I'm drinking something that has a tea bag in it here, and uh, the tag is purple. I'm not going to read it. I won't look through that part of my uh, progressive lenses, but um, it's an iced tea. <laughs> Sweet has a little has a little flavor to it, like a vanilla, maybe a shot of vanilla, and it might be a vanilla tea bag as well. Ooh, extra! So vanilla. it might be a vanilla vanilla. Vanilla uh, vanilla it's a, bean. It's a Millie vanilla. Um, let's see here. So the one we have in the fridge, by the way, is the matcha frap. Yeah, I passed. Uh, you do have the mint monsi. 
which is Good. a very refreshing drink. It is. It's delicious. So if you're really thirsty, it's a hot day. The mint monster is the way to go. Mm-hmm. No caffeine, a little nope. bit of sugar. For later tonight when he's pushing his daughter around in yeah. a perambulator. In the perambulator. You'll yep. need the energy. We'll be around the pool in the perambulator. <laughs> I'm coming back to perambulator here in a second. You have the Oreo frap, by the way. The Oreo. Okay. Yeah, Oreo. There you go. That is basically dessert. And I yeah. have the vanilla bean tea with vanilla. Yeah, dude, we nailed it. Yes. We got all three of those right. I mean, Jeremy it Wendell and, Green, and I have a name for this drink, but I'm not going to say it. You just have to ask Jeremy, what's the name for this drink? The vanilla vanilla bean? Yeah, it's the vanilla. It's not Millie Vanilli. I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, you ask Jeremy what the name of this drink is, and um, Sonny also knows it in the coffee oh, shop. Okay. It's a special inside name that we don't put on the menu, but if you order it, they'll know. It's vanilla vanilla bean. So it's, it's white and white. So, um, By the way, perambulator... I don't know. It, maybe I'm the only person whose brain works this way, which I've said on many occasions about many different things. But uh, one of the things, every once in a while, I'll have something in my head, and it's been there a long time, and then all of a sudden it's like a problem has been solved. Um, you know, in England, in the UK, they call baby buggies, which we don't even really use anymore, strollers, prams. Yeah. But they... And I've always wondered, why they call it a pram? And then it just occurred to me the other day, I read the word perambulator, and I believe that is the long word for baby buggy or stroller or whatever, and pram is the short version as opposed to perambulator. Right. I did not know that pram was an abbreviation of perambulator. Yeah. Well, and you now you it, know. Folks. That's the educational part now of the show. Now you know the rest of this story. This isn't even national public radio, and people are learning stuff left and right. Well, about obscure United Kingdom. Some people in the UK call a uh, an umbrella a brolly. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know. What, don't they call diapers nappies? nappies? Yeah, of course. There you go. All right. Yeah. And uh, good petrol instead you, of gas. And what, Chris? Why don't you tell? Since you are a, an aficionado of these things, and then I'll, we'll take a break. Yeah. Uh, what would you call? Uh, bre- what would be the main ingredients of a good British breakfast? You mean like a full English? A full English. Yes. Full English, that would be, there would be sausages, there would be beans, there would be eggs, there would be ham, there would be bacon, and then, of course, tea, and perhaps uh, a black pudding. Oh. See, so, they pretty much the whole barnyard yeah. on a plate. Yeah, and we, Deborah makes full English. Really? She makes a full English. So once How in a often? while, the kids... Oh, probably every couple of months okay. she'll make us a full English full for English. dinner. Wow! And uh, now no black pudding though. Yeah, but, uh, the black, it's got the ham yeah, and the yeah. bacon and the beans sausage and, and the beans. sausage and the. Um, I like those because they make great leftovers into other things like yeah. other combinations and toast and tea. Got to have the tea. With oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Full and English. it's a it's a yeah. it's a, a like a, a black tea like a. Yeah, brewed a tea. full yep. black tea, like yep. a breakfast tea or something. Nice, yep. nice. All right, and that's English breakfast, which they don't sell at the Hub, but I was just curious. <laughs> but they do sell these drinks, and I'd encourage our listening audience to stop by the Hub Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Lawrence, have a great weekend, brother. Thank you. We're going to talk about babies probably up here. Stay so dry. You can uh, yeah, I'm gonna tune go in. Yeah, I'm going to go and try to feed mine right now because yeah, she's probably hungry. Make sure you turn on the radio or go to khmg.org because I don't know if you knew, but we have this radio show. Um, when you leave here, it that continues on. It keeps going. Tell it's not nothing. just about your, your segment. And we're going to talk about babies today, and you might learn a little bit okay. from my segment. I'm going to be I listening. can guarantee you'll hear things you've probably never heard before. Probably not. Yeah. And okay. If it's, Including if it's most anything, popular baby names. If it's anything but crying, 
Uh, it's all <laughs> put, I've heard recently. Put, put the put the radio on close to the baby's ear and see if I can soothe see her back if, to see sleep. If Uncle Jared can That's uh, right. put her That's in bed. Right. All right. Well, yeah. listeners, you stick around. We're going to take a short break. Chris, you're going to come back with some news yep. a little bit. All right. Listeners, we'll be back in a few minutes after this short break with more Live Till 5, some Stranger Than Fiction, our topic of the day, babies. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more Live Till 5, episode 283 on this Friday, September 28th, 421 p.m. Let me encourage you to check out our website, khmg.org. That's khmg.org. You can listen to the show and really the live stream of our entire radio broadcast, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, through your computer, tablet, smartphone, etc., etc. Go to our website. There's different ways that you can listen to all the different things we offer. Download podcasts. Uh, put an app on your phone so you can listen. Put an app on your tablet. Listen through the computer live stream. We'd also love to hear for, from you through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. We'd love to get interaction with our listening audience. Radio can be kind of a one-way communication sometimes, simplex as we used to call it. And uh, we'd love to have that duplex connection where we're both talking back and forth. So we'd love to hear from you. So please... Let us know you're listening through our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Topic of the day, babies, because of little Lucas Basildua, born this week. Sebastian's out taking care of his wife and baby. I saw in uh, Reuters that the United Nations, with mock security pass that lists her as the first baby of New Zealand, three-month-old Nev Te Aroha, or, or Aroha, made her United Nations debut on Monday when her mother, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, spoke at a peace summit in the General Assembly. Um, the father, Clark Gayford, who's the baby's full-time caregiver, sat with the New Zealand delegation and held Nev as Ardern spoke. Ardern, 38, is only the second elected leader to give birth while in office after Pakistan's Benazir uh, Bhutto in 1990. Gayford posted a photo on Twitter earlier on Monday of Nev's security pass for the annual gathering of world leaders in New York this week. Pretty interesting. The United Nations was delighted to see baby Nev in the General Assembly Hall. UN spokesman Stefan Dujaric said, and uh, basically it was a big honor for New Zealand. Here you go. Here's the top 40 trending baby names of 2018 so far. Now, this is according to the Motherly website, so it might not be a, a fully scientific study, but here are the top names so far for 2018. Olivia, Amara, Cora, Isla, Charlotte, Aurora, Amelia, Rose, Ava, Genevieve, Maeve, Penelope, Iris, Violet, Ophelia, Eleanor, Esme, Luna, Imogen, and Eloise. 
some classic names there. Some of them are names of flowers. Uh, some of them are names of other scientific phenomenon. Very pretty names there, of course. Top boys' names so far for 2018. Atticus, Milo, or Milo, Jasper, Jack, Asher, Silas, Theodore, Wyatt, Henry, Declan, Finn, Oscar, Oliver, Leo, Felix, Bodie, uh, Arian, Arthur, Levi, and Axel, to name the top 20 most popular baby names in 2018 so far. And I pulled up uh, from the website Baby Gaga. Baby Gaga. I, I must admit, it's the first time I've ever been on that website. Maybe the last time. But amazing record-breaking babies. Uh, let's see here. For example, the heaviest baby. This makes uh, many moms shudder here. 95% of babies are born between 5.5 and 10 pounds. But there are a few that challenge the norm. Several factors may influence the baby's birth weight, including the mom's size and health of the baby, etc., etc. One exceptional baby born to an Italian woman, Carmelia Fidelli, 1955, not only challenged the norm, but also completely shattered the highest birth record. The baby came out weighing, wait for this, 22.08 pounds. I know, someone just veered off the road with that... uh, that stat, 22.08 pounds. Second biggest baby weighed over 19 pounds, born in 2009 um, in Indonesia. Um, let's see here. Record-breaking big babies often born to mothers who are average height and weight. But Ann Bates, who stood at 7 feet 11 inches, gave birth to a baby boy in 1879 that weighed 22 pounds and was 28 inches long. Uh, let's see here. So, basically... 10-pound babies seem big, but actually 10-pound babies aren't that big relative to the different records. So with the average baby weight out there, 5.5 pounds, there are some babies that are born very tiny. One such baby born in Loyola University Medical Center on 19 September 2004 at just 25 weeks and 6 days. Her name was Rumesa Raman, and she weighed 9.07 ounces, just over half a pound. When she was born, her twin sister, Heba, was born weighing just over one pound. And they both, both were released uh, on February 2005, healthy and happy. Mo, uh, let's see, most surviving babies born in at one time. Uh, of course, you've probably heard of the Octomom, January 26, 2009. Nadia Suleiman um, gave birth to six boys and two girls course started a whole firestorm her octuplets um in vitro fertilization etc etc but eight kids record-breaking twins um there's some information here about that most teeth at birth this is something i would have not thought of toothless and gummy smile usually comes to mind when you think of happy babies but sean keeney born april 1990 with a shocking 12 teeth uh, let's see here. Uh, molars don't usually come in until about 24 months, but one baby was born in 1970, six weeks prematurely, found to have eight teeth. Four of them were molars. Can you imagine baby being born and uh, baby comes out smiling at you with teeth? Wow. That, that is uh, one of those uh, really interesting things. Babies born to the youngest and oldest parents. Uh, let's just talk about the oldest ones here. She was 70 years old. 
and um, her husband was 72. Uh, they had a baby. There's a picture of them here. Very interesting. And uh, there's one uh, story in here. In Mozambique in 2000, a lady named Carolina was expecting a baby girl, and the rivers were rising to a dangerous level. And so she climbed up in a tree, but she went into labor and had to deliver a baby in a tree because she was worried about crocodiles in the rivers that had risen up to the base of the tree. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of interesting things out there about babies. Chris, you have a few babies at your house. You guys got five kids, right? Five kids. No, not too many babies anymore. That's no, true. just uh, our youngest is five. Okay. So it's been All a right. while since we've had That's right. a little one, but... You know, yeah, I still there, I still picture her as that little you know two and a half year old that came here with the curly hair and the big blue eyes a couple years ago. Yeah, now yeah. she's growing up. She is. She's going to be uh, graduating from K five this year. Wow. Well, if she stays on you know, track yes, and yeah. she all things considered hard and hits the books, that's right. She'll graduate. That's right. Keep her nose clean. Right. You stay out of trouble. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, you got some news for us today. Yeah, we we talked about this story a little bit earlier, but this is from srnnews.com, and it says a flotilla of small boats rescued all 47 passengers and crew from the Air New Guinea flight that crashed into the sea short of the runway, it says here, at an airport in the tiny South Pacific nation of Micronesia. We know that that's Chuuk uh, as of Friday. It was supposed to land... Uh, on the runway, but instead it landed about 150 yards short. Uh, it was said by Jimmy Emilio, the general manager of the Chuuk Airport. Uh, the Boeing 737-800 aircraft hit the lagoon surrounding the small island. About 9.30 a.m. local time, the passengers and crew were taken to the hospital, but no serious injuries were reported. Video published online by Radio New Zealand and pictures posted on Twitter showed a half-submerged aircraft surrounded by small boats. you got to look that up if you haven't seen it. Air New Guinea said in a statement that the airline is, quote, making all efforts to look after passengers and crew. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission accused Tesla Incorporated chief executive Elon Musk we referred to him earlier in regard to the um, first um, consumer spacecraft in, uh, in space. Uh, on Thursday, he was accused of fraud, and he uh, was also, that is, the Security and Exchange Commission also sought to remove him from his role in charge of the electric car company, Tesla. They say that he made a series of, quote, false and misleading, unquote, tweets about potentially taking Tesla private last month. I actually remember seeing that, people yeah. retweeting that and saying, this could be a crime you just committed. And I, re I remember that happening at the time, but never thinking that he would actually be charged with something. Right. Um, but it turns out he has been. Because that can send an artificial rush to buy stock or right. things like that. Yeah. Right. I, and I saw that people were accusing him of all kinds of things mm -hmm. as a result. But in a lawsuit, the regulator described Musk as surprising members of his own team and investors with a series of tweets, starting with the August 7th announcement that he was thinking of taking Tesla private. Twelve minutes after the first tweet, Tesla's head of investor relations texted Musk's chief of staff 
to ask whether Musk's announcement was legit, the SEC said. Musk, 47, is the public face of Tesla, and losing him would be a big blow for the money-losing car maker because they're actually quite in trouble right now, uh, whose market value is more than $50 billion, chiefly because of the investors' belief in Musk's leadership. So it's a, this is a civil case, I shouldn't yeah. say. But I, I heard people asking and postulating about whether or not uh, this was a crime that hmm. he committed. Um, there is good news and bad news about marriage, apparently. And the good news is that the latest data indicates that the divorce rate in this country, in the United States, has dropped 18% since 2006. And millennials are a big part of that. They are getting divorced at a rate much, much lower than that of their parents. However, on the bad side of things, the overall marriage rate in America continues to drop. Fewer and fewer people are getting married. Um, and it says here that the stigma around living together could be one of the reasons for that. And also, there's no stigma for out-of-wedlock births. And so, therefore, people are living together. Uh, having children without being married, a lot less people getting married, but the uh, the divorce rate down. Yeah, it's hard with some of those uh, statistics because they might not be telling the whole story. Like I had a friend that worked um, in a major city vice department, and the commissioner of police they were they were busting a lot of a certain kind of crime. And they got a new commissioner, chief of police, and the mayor basically said, we want you to stop going after a certain kind of crime because it's making our numbers go up. Right. So if you looked in the, the statistics, okay, that city has a high rate of whatever that crime was uh, yeah. instances. Well, if they stop busting them, then the rate goes down, which makes them look better. So, right. But actually, in that case, the busts actually said the opposite of what it seemed like. It meant that the crime was being punished and and uh, the criminals were being um, held accountable. So sometimes these stats, you know, divorce rate being down could be uh, counteracted by people aren't getting married as often. Well, the, the thing you need to think about whenever you're looking at stats, and it's a, it's a good reminder to all of us who are in ministry as well, because I often hear people in ministry using statistics the most important part about the statistic is the explanation behind the statistic. And if a news story, um, particularly if it's one that's a lengthy news story that has room for it, is not explaining to you how the numbers were arrived at, um, it's probably not a very good news story. Because the, the most important part is the explanation behind it. Because if you don't know how those numbers were obtained, it's very difficult f for you to then trust the numbers. Um, particularly, there was, there was a lot of big problems with, over the course of many years, especially in the 90s and 2000s, people would say things like, one in five people have this disease or whatever. And it's to make it seem worse than it actually is. Yeah. And so they postulate out all the numbers. Right. But the fact of the matter was that you could get a stadium of 50,000 people together and not one of those people in that stadium had that disease. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's obviously not one in five. 
And so the, the explanation behind the statistics is really the most important part. If you're just taking a statistic and using it, it's a probably not best practices, yeah. especially like in a ministry situation, a ministry context. You'll hear pastors yeah. sometimes use a lot of statistics and probably not super well advised yeah. if they're not very clear right. on how those statistics were um, reached, how the how the numbers were were reached. I think that's so. why graduate level research requires peer reviewed sources because sure. then um, other knowledgeable people in the field have looked at your research and either approved it or if it's not approved, then it doesn't go in the journal or whatever. So anything's published like in a journal, whatever, at least it's been reviewed by a panel of experts. Whether or not you agree with the conclusions, that's different, but at least you can determine whether or not it was sure. arrived at through some scientific means or whatever so sure all right well thanks for the news chris really appreciate it yep have a great weekend listeners stick around we're going to take a little break come back with some more baby facts as well as uh the rest of our show it is 4 4 37 on this friday september 28th live till five i'm your host jared baldwin glad to have you with us stick around more of the show after this With a little more live till five. It's episode 283 on this Friday, September 28th, 4:42 p.m. here at the KHMG studios. Glad to have you with us. Tune in to khmg.org. Go to the website, click on the little listen live button. You can listen to the live stream of this show and everything else we produce and broadcast here at the KHMG studios. A few more adorable baby facts. These were published a couple years ago on FactRetriever.com. FactRetriever.com, baby facts. A baby cannot taste salt until it is four months old. A baby cannot taste salt until it's four months old. The delay may be related to the development of the kidneys, which start to produce sodium at about that age. Maybe that's why baby food is so bland. Baby's eyes are 75% of their adult size, but the vision is around 2,400. By six months, a baby's vision should reach 2020. Newborns are more likely to turn their head to the right than to the left. The inner ear is the only sense organ to develop fully before birth. It reaches its adult size by the middle of pregnancy. The protein that keeps the baby's skull from fusing is called noggin. Can you believe that? Within a few days of birth, the baby can distinguish between the touch of bristles that are of different diameters. Adults have 206 bones. When babies are born, they have 300. Their bones fuse as they grow, resulting in fewer bones as adults. Human babies are the only, only... Creatures in creation to smile at their parents. Interesting. Created in God's image. Can smile at their parents. The largest number of babies born to one woman is 69. From 1725 to 1765, a Russian peasant woman gave birth to 16 sets of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. I would be very interested to see 
the family tree that came from so many children because within just a few generations, you would have thousands of children. 1978, the first baby was born in Antarctica. His name was Emilio Marcos Palma. A baby has around 30,000 taste buds. They are not just on the tongue, but also on the sides, back, and roof of the mouth. Adults have only about 10,000. Probably another reason to keep the baby food bland. Approximately 80% of infants are born with some form of birthmark, usually called stork bites or port wine stains. Some scientists suggest that shaking the head, that means to mean no, derives from newborns turning their head away from food when they are full. A baby can recognize the smell and voice of its mother at birth. It takes a few weeks before a baby can see the difference between its mother and other adults. A baby's first social smile appears between four and six weeks after birth. In the United States, more babies are born on Wednesday than on any other day of the week. Sunday is the slowest day. I'm sure the doctors are grateful for that. In the United States, more babies are born in late summer and early fall than in any other time of the year. February tends to be the month when least babies are born. Utah has the highest birth rate in the U.S. at about 21 babies per 1,000 people. Vermont has the lowest birth rate with slightly more than 10 babies for every 1,000 people. In 1970, the average age for a first-time mom was about 21. In 2008, it was 25.1. It is estimated that new parents in the U.S. will spend on average $7,000 in the first year on new baby diapers, formula, and daycare. It does not include medical costs. And finally, a baby is born in the world every three seconds. There's many more very interesting facts on this Factretriever.com, 99 adorable facts about babies. Love babies. Babies are awesome. And we have a new one uh, here at KHMG with Sebastian Jessica's edition of Little Lucas. And uh, more babies to come. Some of the guys in my Bible study, their wives are expecting, going to be seeing more and more babies here at Harvest and here on Guam over the next few months. Glad for it. Going to take a short break. When we come back, going to wrap up the last few minutes of the show. I want to introduce you to one veteran story and then also talk about some countries where it's really hard to live your faith as a Christian publicly. Stick around more live till five after this short break. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. God, walk with me while I'm on this old tedious journey. I want Jesus to walk with me. Take my hand, Lord. And we're back with a little more live till five. The last few minutes, 4.49 p.m. on this Friday, September 28th. Again, tune in Saturdays, noon to two. Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on the Rebound broadcast, where we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours. You know it's hard to listen to two straight hours of radio. No problem. We played it two other times. Or you can download the podcast. That's a great way as well. And uh, you can always find us online, khmg.org, on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. We'd love to hear from you. Here's one very good veteran story. Marine veteran, 80 years old, will get a Medal of Honor for Vietnam Valor. 
Marine veteran John Canley, set to receive the nation's highest military honor. Canley led Marines through the streets fighting in the Vietnamese city of Hue more than 50 years ago. The Battle of Hue took place during the Tet Offensive January 31st to February 6th, 1968. Canley, now 80 years old as a retired sergeant major, carried several wounds, uh, wounded Marines while under heavy enemy fire and assumed command to maintain the unit's organization and morale in what's known as the most chaotic battle of the Vietnam War. Canley was wounded more than once during fighting, but still continued pushing forward. On Tuesday, President Trump announced that Canley will be awarded the Medal of Honor on October 17th for his conspicuous gallantry. Canley will be the sixth American to receive the honor from Trump and the third Vietnam War veteran, The Hill reported. And uh, Canley said this, It means a lot to me, mostly for my Marines, because we had to wait 50-plus years to get any kind of recognition. Um, let's see here. It, one of his one of his fellow Marines said that he never ran and never ducked. You know, it's amazing. I don't know if he had some sort of death wish or what. Gunny says that he just gets into the zone and does what he has to do. So I don't know how the bullets didn't hit him. Canley, who spent 28 years in the service, left El Dorado, Arkansas at the age of 15 to join the Marines. He was deployed to Vietnam several times from 1965 to 1970, and his efforts saved the lives of many, earning him the Navy Cross. Being a leader is about taking care of your people, Canley said to the news. If you do that, they will take your view, and you don't have to worry about your mission, and it really doesn't matter whether or not the military, they're military or civilian. If you're in a leadership position, you should always remember that. Congratulations to Marine John Canley, 80 years old, going to receive the Medal of Honor Sounds like he earned it multiple times over. Now, some that also deserve honor, and I think in the halls of heaven someday, the believers from this country, Brunei, who face a source of persecution, Islamic oppression, 54,800 Christians out of a population of 434,000. Christians in this small Southeast Asian country experience pressure from the government, family, and society at large. Conversion from Islam is illegal, so Christian converts are pressured to return to their former faith. The implementation of Sharia law affects the society at large, including Christians who are forced to adhere to Islamic customs and rights. When one family member converts to Christianity, families are forced to split up. Pray for underground believers. Persecution against them is strong because the country is so small, there's nowhere to run for faith. Uh, if their faith in Christ is exposed. That is why they choose to practice their faith in secret. Pray for the Malay Muslims who turn to Christ and now face strict punishment under Sharia law. Brunei. I did not know what Brunei was until, if you look in the local newspaper at the weather page, you'll see Brunei listed as a little country down there uh, near Indonesia. And then Qatar, or Qatar as some people call it, 2.338 million population, but only 211,000 Christians. Very little violence in Qatar against Christians, but heavy, heavy persecution on church life, community life, family life. Christians experience persecution at all levels of society. The government, local community, everyone's family can be, um, can be dangerous for Christians, especially for converts from Islam to Christianity. No other religion that Islam is seen uh, other than Islam, is seen as acceptable 
Um, Sharia law prescribes a wide range of rules for personal, family, community life. Conservative Islamic norms bind Qatar society. Pray for Christian migrant workers who show the love of Christ to employers who abuse them. Pray for Christian converts who feel they cannot share their faith with Muslim family members. Ask God to give them wisdom and discernment as they live out their faith. Pray for Qataris who would be drawn to Christ in any way that God can use. Maybe, maybe that future World Cup that's going to be there in Qatar. Never know. That would be really neat if God used the the advent of a worldwide sporting event coming to their country to bring the gospel to that country where really it is illegal to be a Christian and persecution is a very high level, even though there's not a lot of violence towards Christians there. Both there and Brunei, there's just so much pressure that uh, Islamic oppression keeps people from converting to Christianity in a public way. So they practice their faith very carefully and very secretly. We live in a country where we have the freedom to gather, to broadcast, for example, uh, to have this Christian radio station, to have a Christian academy, to have a little college, and to have a church, to be able to meet publicly on a regular basis and proclaim what we believe the Bible tells us to proclaim. And we're, we're gladly preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are so grateful for the freedom we have. There are men and women who through the decades have sacrificed personal comfort and freedom to protect our freedoms, but also to defend them and to help other countries who are trying to defend the same types of freedoms. And so God has used Americans all over the world to help bring the freedom that can only be known through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Missionaries go throughout the world. Some of them are able to go into countries, just walk right in the front door and declare that they're a religious worker and be able to share Christ in a public way. Others have to go in and use the cover of a job or some type of vocational reason they're there, or they have to go in on short-term visas, which is very expensive and a lot of logistical trouble and things like that, but they do it because they want to take Christ to people who do not know him and maybe have not heard of him. And so I commend those missionaries, those people that go into other parts of the world. And then, of course, the people that are there in the countries, believers that face the daily persecution. You know, a missionary can get thrown out of the country. But what about a believer that lives in country? They have nowhere to go. They really have to place their total faith and dependency on Jesus Christ and trust him for safety knowing that even in this world, if there's no justice and no safety, heaven is waiting for them. And the Bible talks about the special place in heaven that that uh, people who die because of their faith in Christ uh, find. And so God just loves his children, and uh, precious in his sight are the death of his saints. And so we need to remember not to take for granted the freedoms we have here in our country, the beautiful island of Guam, we have these awesome freedoms. Um, I'm able to have a Bible study in a restaurant in the middle of the day without whispering, just being able to open our Bibles and talk about it freely. We have people from all sectors and all walks of life and all vocations, government employees, private people, and, and it's just a beautiful thing. And the church really is a microcosm of what God's, God's plan for the whole, all the ages for people from every tongue and tribe and nation to come and follow him and believe in him and worship him 
And we get to do that. We get to do that here at Harvest Baptist Church. There are many churches here on Guam that do the same thing weekly. I encourage you, if you're a member of a church where they worship Christ, they they open the Bible, they preach the truth from God's Word, be faithful. God has planted you there for a reason. Go and, and serve and grow. But if you don't have a church home, maybe you've never really attached yourself to a church family, you've never really committed yourself to take that step to be part of a regular assembly of believers. The Bible says, don't forsake assembling together. You know, as we get closer and closer to the end times, it's important. You need that support. You need that accountability. You need that regular opportunity to worship and serve. And you can find that at a good Bible-preaching church. Harvest Baptist Church happens to be one of those places, and we'd love to have you visit us. If you don't have a church home, please come visit us Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. is our worship service, 9.30 a.m. We have all kinds of classes, uh, Bible classes, and uh, you can come a little early, grab a cup of coffee at our coffee shop. It's open. We give free coffee away on Sundays. And then you can join in on a class and get kind of that small group feeling. Then come to our worship service, 10.30 a.m., where we sing and worship, pray, read the Word, hear preaching. It's just great. Then Sunday evenings, we have what we call the Family Bible Hour, slightly different venue, different message, geared a little more casually, a little more practical. Then, of course, throughout the week, we have Bible studies, we have prayer meetings, we have all kinds of other things available. And we have stuff available for all ages, from infants all the way through teens, and then, of course, all the different adult programs. So I just want to make sure you knew that we would love to have you visit us at Harvest. And you can exercise that freedom to worship and assemble right here at Harvest Baptist Church, 1030 Sunday morning. It'll be a great start. Well, that just about does it for episode 283 on this Friday, September 28th, 2018. It was a great show today. Talked about babies a little bit. Was able to have Lawrence and Chris up here. So grateful they could join us. Thanks to The Hub for making us the drinks and helping us enjoy this great day. I hope you have an awesome weekend. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barracada, Guam. Have a great weekend.